What causes quarrels and conflict within communities? Today on The Midweek Move, we're going to talk about that and how to overcome it. podcast where we look at the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening and how does it actually apply to our lives? Today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited as we continue through the book of James. I'm joined by my good friend and uh, pastor, fellow streamer, Dustin. How you doing, man? Hey, doing great. <laughs> Super happy to be on uh, on the episode this week. Yeah, man, I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, I, I've had the privilege of, of knowing you for the last couple of years. You do a lot of great things online through various platforms, including a pretty extensive like read through the Bible uh, uh, stream that you do on a regular basis. Uh, where are you now in that, by the way? Well, we've actually we finished reading the entire Bible live on stream, which still blows my mind that we've done that. <laughs> <laughs> so now we, we take those like stream opportunities to do Bible studies and just kind of go deep on things and right. interact with with our own community, but also so many other people uh, online who are coming by because they might be you know, interested in the topic or whatever. I try to write catchy titles for those studies and everything and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, have have a good time diving into the word together. That's awesome. Now, you're not just a streamer. You're, you're a pastor. Where are you coming out of? Yeah. So I'm in Tyler, Texas. So same part of the world, not not too far yeah. from each other. Uh, but yeah, I've been in pastoral ministry here at Cornerstone in Tyler, Texas for uh, we're in our 14th year of pastoral ministry here. Awesome. Uh, and then I've been streaming for in February. It'll be four years. Wow. So. Yeah, that's hard to believe. Both of those things are hard to believe. <laughs> they, they both okay. seem like, you know, uh, they both seem like I uh, just started and also I can't remember life before either of them. Exactly. So. <laughs> that's the so way cool, it goes, man. I guess. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you guys here, have you here with us today as we dive into James. Now, last week we discussed the difference between godly wisdom and worldly worldly wisdom uh, found in James chapter 3 and, and uh, kind of how that plays out and what does it look like to walk in godly wisdom. Uh, and today, James is going to kind of take us deeper into the conversation about um, the difference between a godly mindset and a worldly one and the natural outgrowth of these things. Uh, so let's jump into it. James chapter 4, verse 1. We'll start off with this, just this first verse, and that is, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war with you? Right off the bat, man, James is just coming at these guys hard in this chapter, <laughs> calling them out for some issues. What does this mean, by the way? Like he's saying that he's he's directly linking the their fighting, their infighting, the issues happening in this church with their passions that are in war with them. What does that mean? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, like. W- w- James is such an inter- interesting book because it's actually it's my favorite book in all the Bible. <laughs> um, I, I love the book of James. My dad challenged me when I was 16 years old. He said, if you'll read the book of James every day for a year, he said, if you get it in your spirit, it'll help you the rest of your life. And it Word. it has. Um, but, you know, like with, with any um, book in the Bible or anything, we know like those verse divisions, chapter divisions, those weren't there. So like this is just that natural evolution of what he was just talking about in chapter three, what y'all were going over last week. And right. um, so much of this comes back to like the state of the heart and uh, our, the words that we use and all, all those kind of things. And it just it's a continuation of that 
that thought where he says, what causes these things within you? Like, mm. why do we fight? Why do we um, lust and not have? What is causing this? And he gets to the heart of it. it it's that your passions, your lust, the things within you, uh, they're at war. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's this thing inside of us that, that we want and we, we can't have. So we, we do all these things to obtain <laughs> things that aren't rightfully ours, right. um, which, which, I mean, goes back to like the root of every kind of sin. I mean, there's pride, there's lust, there's totally. greed, there's whatever. It's <laughs> all these things. Uh, all these things. Yeah. So, yeah, I you know I was, I was studying this out, the conversation about um, your passions, the um the greek there the word there it's the same word we use for uh hedonism and it's the yeah. whole like it's all about me it's all about what pleasures me and it seems to suggest that these people and of course if you look at what's happened previously in james there was a a mindset of well i know this is what god wants but this is what makes me happy this is what gives mm-hmm. me pleasure and so he's saying that that mindset really is what's causing these issues within these individuals here and um, and he's kind of setting that that first line right there, and, and you did a great job pointing out the fact that these weren't verses originally. This is a natural conversation, but as he's he's leading them into this whole conversation about this is a you problem, <laughs> you know, mm, yeah, you're blaming everybody else for these issues. This is you're causing this because of something on the inside of you, right? And uh, he continues on in verses two and three. Uh, you desire and do not have, so you murder. Oof, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Do you? Not have, or so you not have because you do not ask, and you ask and do not receive because you are wrong. You ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Mm. So he's continuing to kind of pull out of them this this uh, this issue. He's exposing uh, what's really at root here that they right. they seem to have gone to extreme extents to get what they want. Now there's some conversations that went up. They've actually resulted to murder. We're talking about Christians here. And so um, the a lot of people are saying, well, that's probably hyperbole. They're not murdering people, <laughs> but mm, yeah. <laughs> they are going to extremes yeah. that are ungodly to get what they want because they don't have it. But at the same time, he pointed out the fact that you don't have this because you're asking in the wrong spirit. You're not right. asking for, for godly reasons. You're not asking to help uh, for certain things to, to, to bring glory to God. You're asking for your selfish reasonings. Mm. And, uh, man, I can tell you that's when I read that there's been times where I've asked myself, man, am, have I asked the Lord for things in a selfish mm. spirit? Now, yeah. ask, how, do, how do you, when there's things that you're going to the Lord and praying about, how do you distinguish, okay, is this really what I, I want is to, or is there a selfishness behind it? How do you manage that? <laughs> uh, with a lot of humility, <laughs> um, like, seriously, it's, it's a really hard thing to pray, but something that I think we should all always pray is, um, Lord help continue to transform me and conform me into Mm. your image. And like, give me the desires of your heart, like transform my desires. Um, cause he says he gives us the desires of our heart, but like, I want my heart to be in line with the Lord's heart. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) but that's such a hard thing to pray because yeah. we we do we we have our own personalities our own desires the things that we want and whatever um right. but uh i think this this these couple of verses also really tie back 
so well to what he said in chapter one, where mm. um, in, in James chapter one, he's talking about um, how we are, are pulled away. We are, uh, it says each person is uh, tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, yeah. when it's conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's fully grown uh, brings forth death. And we see, like he's saying, you covet, you don't have, so you murder, like, uh, <laughs> but it all starts in the heart. It, it yeah. all starts inside. Like, what are those desires? What are those passions within us um, that are are bringing us away from God? And so in our prayer time, always we have to say, Lord, help me to to die to self, to die to my own flesh, to crucify my flesh. Like Galatians 5 says, with its passions and desires. <laughs> it's yeah. like that same thing. Um, and that's not an easy thing to pray, but as we're, we're, you know, being sanctified through this lifelong process and being made into the image of Christ, a part of that is dying to self and is, um, laying down those, those self, selfish and self-centered, uh, passions and desires to have the mind of Christ and want mm. his will and his purpose in our life. Uh, easier said than done, but right. <laughs> that's why it's a lifelong process. <laughs> exactly. And you, you hit it. It is easier said than done. And I know that in my own life, um, I've had to not just rely on myself, but I've had to put people in my life to help check me to mm. go, hey, Dallas, you're making these decisions, but is that really what needs to happen? I've had to have people in my life yeah. who were. And, and that takes up a level of humility of itself to have people in your life to, who are willing to check you on those things. And uh, But again, that's the importance of community. That's the reason why we, mm-hmm. we need people in our lives. And that was one of the issues that we're dealing with here in the book of James. Are these communities that uh, James is writing to, there is a breakdown of responsible community. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's people hanging out together, but they're not being responsible for each other. Which right. honestly, um, I think that's one of the... That is a key thing I think we're missing today, even the modern church, is people being willing to be responsible for each other. We're very much mm. all about myself, which is what we're seeing here in this passage here. They're all about themselves, but we're forgetting to be responsible for each other as brothers and sisters. Not that we're to rule each other and get into like, hey, this is a, but as as a brother, as sisters, right. we're supposed to like help each other through the process and go, hey, I want to see you succeed. I want right. to see Dustin succeed. I want to see your your uh, what your your church cornerstone grow and blow up and do some amazing things in in Tyler, Texas. Do I want the healing place to to do amazing things? Yes, but I'm also want to see you be successful because right. that's what the body's supposed to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense if the eye is doing real well, but the foot is falling apart, you know, exactly. <laughs> all parts of the body. <laughs> we want to support and help each other. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So good. So true. So well, hey man, let's continue on. Uh, can you do me a favor? Read up for us verse four through uh, yeah four through uh, five, and we'll kind of continue on with this conversation. Yeah, sure. Uh, James says, "You adulterous people, well, do you not fun. know?" <laughs> yeah, I know. He's so you know <laughs> so winsome there. Uh, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Mm. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? Mm. So he's coming off strong here with his vocabulary of you adulterous people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as I read this, man, I really see that he's accusing them of, of spiritual adultery, which isn't something mm. that the people of God are unfortunately, um, it's not new to them. You go back to right. the Old Testament, that was a, a normal thing that they did, unfortunately, where 
they were really good and then they would go off and follow these idols and follow the, all these uh demonic things and right. uh and he's calling them out because they have purposed in themselves to take part in worldly things thus making themselves enemies with god um mm. but what i love about james is that even though he's calling them out for this he's pointing out the fact um that god is jealous for us this is, god's not angry at them just for anger's sake he's jealous yeah which i'm you know, there's a lot of times that word is is used really like in a negative point of view. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, man, that's I mean, I, I'm you're married, I'm married, I'm very jealous for my wife. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm like absolutely. I'm like, hey, can I spend some time with you because I love you because I want to be with you because you're my bride. God is jealous for us, man. He's he's so passionate. He goes, I want to be with you, Dustin. I am jealous for your attention and for your time. Let me be with you. And that's the same thing with these people, but they have split their attention other places. Right. Man, that, that's such a, a powerful and like humbling and <laughs> just amazing thing to think about that that line right there, uh, just mm-hmm. that he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. Mm. Um, so who are we to keep ourselves <laughs> from God? Like right. uh, often whenever I think about um how God is a jealous God, uh, I typically think about how, well, he's jealous over the worship that is due him and and all that kind of stuff. And it's a righteous jealousy. It doesn't have that negative connotation that that we have. Like if we're jealous, if I'm jealous, it's typically (laughs) going to have some some baggage and some sin tied to it. Um, But whenever it's used in that sense, like you're talking about, like for my wife, you know, I'm jealous for her, for her affection um, because she is mine and I am hers and, and all that. So it's the same way. Uh, with our relationship with God. And uh, it's just amazing. (laughs) Like we think we live in our own little world and bubble and we're just doing our own little thing. And okay, one day I'll stand before God and uh, whatever, but no, no, no. He is like an, a right here, a present God. Um, Mm. and in time, yes, in eternity, he's outside of time, all that, but in time he interacts with us. He loves us currently. He is working in our life and all that kind of stuff. And who are we to, to go, commit adultery, commit spiritual adultery, like he's saying here, and go spend our time on the passions of the world and the passions within me and end up sinning in in the midst of it whenever he's just saying, Dustin, Dallas, I just, I want you. (laughs) I want you. Uh, Such a powerful thing. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's it's crazy. And what I love is that he continues on in this in verse six, but he gives more grace. (laughs) Ooh. Thank Therefore, you, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He's not just jealous for us, but he's merciful, man. This tells us that yeah. he's like, hey, you know, yes, I'm going to to have, I'm going to put my foot down for those who are prideful, who who will not hear my word, who will not call for me. But man, if you humble yourself, mm-hmm. there is more grace. Wow. There's more grace for me, more grace for you. I mean... He's a jealous God who's graceful yeah, for us. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, I mean, when you if you look at it with the allegory, uh, the allegory of us being the bridegroom or, or us being the bride and Christ being the groom, I mean, put yourself in, the, in a situation of a groom and his bride has run off. I mean, mm. by worldly standards, it's like, man, we're done. You know, yeah. we're, we're angry. We're, right. we're not going to put up with this. But he says, all right, come back. Hmm. You've messed up and we recognize that. Turn wow. back to me. I have grace for you to restore you as my bride, yeah. to make you whole, to make you new. You look at the story of the prodigal son, and he mm-hmm. ran off, and then he came back humbled. 
and he yeah. restored like nothing happened. Right. And exactly. that's what that more grace looks like. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's what I was about to say. I was about to say like two things immediately come to mind are the prodigal son and Hosea. Oh, and, yeah. Like the, those those pictures of just that that grace just come home. <laughs> I love you. And oh, my goodness. It's amazing. We're the uh, ones who often we keep ourselves like we're, we're giving into the condemnation of the enemy and being self-condemning and all that. And like, right. no, I've done too much and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Just says he gives more grace. Yeah. Uh, wow. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Right. Mm. Now, what I love is that James doesn't just say words. He gives us actions. He kind of walks mm -hmm. us through some stuff. And so in like verses seven through nine, he kind of lays out what that looks like for us to humble ourselves, uh, yeah. to come to God. Because it's more than just giving lip service. There's some actions to it. So uh, I'm going to read verses seven through nine, and then we're going to, you know, I'm just going to walk through it together real quick. Okay. Starting verse seven, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Hmm. A lot of things happen here. Yeah. Right <laughs> that, I'm going to point out, submit yourself, therefore, to God. I really hmm. think that's the first step is we got to be sub submit ourselves to him. But what does that look yeah. like? What does that mean to be uh, to submit to God, Dustin? Uh, Well... A lot of things, but I mean, first off is, is recognizing he is God and yeah. I am not, um, hmm. <laughs> just that, that very simple. You're like, well, duh, but do we right. live like that? Do we yeah. live in such a way where we acknowledge that he is God and I am not? Um, so often we're, uh, we're trying to do the next part of this, resist the devil and he will flee from you while mm. we're still in our spiritual adultery. We're still yeah. just in the world and, um, you know, lusting and, and coveting and murdering for what we don't have and at war within ourselves and all that kind of stuff. Instead, yeah. we just have to humble ourselves, recognize, you know what? No, you are the Lord of my life. You're not just my savior. You are my Lord, my yeah. master. And um, what you say goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've heard it said in, in a sermon before, like, how do we um, basically this? How do we submit ourselves to God? How do we let God be the Lord of our life? already recognizing he's the Lord over everything, but <laughs> how do I let him be the Lord of my life? Said like, okay, so does that mean that if we're driving the car, um, I switch seats, I let him be in the driver's seat and I'm in the passenger seat. They said, no, no, no. Cause I, I know you, cause I know myself. I could just reach over and grab that steering wheel and take control anytime <laughs> I want. He said, no, you have to give him the keys. You have right. to go pop open the trunk. You have to get in and slam the door and say, go wherever you want, God. <laughs> I trust you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's, that's about it. Cause, uh, yeah, you are not in control anymore. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it, it's just that picture of recognizing who he is and mm. laying ourselves down, dying to self. Right. Um, and letting him be who he he is letting exactly. him be Lord. So good. Well, so that we go from submission to resist the devil and he will flee from you, which is interesting vocabulary because so often people have this mindset like, well, the devil made me do this. So they feel like the, you know, you mm. can't, if we come to, uh, if we stand in opposition to the enemy from a position of submission, the enemy can't stand. He can't mm. stand against us because what happens is when we stand in the spiritual realm, if I can uh, kind of allegorize this, we, when we come in a spirit of submission to the Lord, the enemy doesn't see us anymore. He sees the mm. cross. Wow. He sees yeah. Jesus. And he realizes, I've already lost to that. 
He's already ro- yeah. lost against the cross. The grave is empty. And he understands, all right, time to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time yeah. to back out of that situation. I don't have any chance here. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Wow. And so, again, submitting and then resisting, again, from a position of submission. Uh, I think that's right. key right there. You hit it on point. So often we try to resist the enemy, but we haven't submitted to the Lord yet. Right. That's our first yeah. point we had to hit. So whose strength are you standing in then? Exactly. <laughs> in your own. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So then it has this interesting vocabulary. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What does that mean, drawing near to God and him drawing near to us? Mm, uh, man, it's... <sighs> it, it's it's a beautiful picture. How do we do it, though? Like, how do we practically draw near to God? Like, we see the promise. If I draw right. near to him, he will draw near to me. But what steps do I take to draw near to God? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first off, is that submission peace? We submit ourselves. Um, but it's I think it's more than just recognizing that, laying down and saying, Lord, you be Lord in my life. Um, but there's that that pursuit. There's that mm. act of pursuing God and um, realizing He's not hidden. He's not hiding behind a tree waiting for us to go find Him. He's He's right there. But right. how do we connect with God? We connect with God through His Word. We spend time in the Word. We hear His voice. We spend time in prayer. We yeah. spend time like pray without ceasing. Paul said, <laughs> like that. That is our lifestyle. Where right. We're constantly from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. We're we're mindful of the the presence, the spirit, the leading of God in our life. Um, we don't just go do whatever we want and and live in our own authority, not submitting to God. Instead, it's in every decision, in every day, like, Lord, I want to know you more. What would you have me do today? Lead me yeah. today. Um, not to go back to Galatians 5, but it just, it seems to be happening. But <laughs> um, it says, if you will be led by the Spirit, then you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And then it goes on to all the you know desires of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit and all that. But the yeah. first part was if you are led by the Spirit. Right. Um, so it's just a, a daily walk of uh, listening for the voice of the Lord, um, mm. actively communicating with God. It's okay to just throughout the day, like as you're taking your shower in the morning, brushing your teeth on the bus, in the car, at, at school, you might want to be paying attention at work. You might want to be doing your work, but always mindful and exactly. like, Lord, I love you. Be with me today. Help me to be salt and light. And what yeah. would you have me do? And who can I speak into today? And whatever. Look for those opportunities. Be spirit led. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's, that's drawing near to God. And then as we do those things, as we're connecting with God, as we're being intentional about pursuing him, we see the promise. He will draw near to us. Exactly. Really boils down to like, I feel like a lot of times people have this mindset of when they're overcoming things, again, kind of like one thing is like a one time, I repent, I move on with my life. Mm. That's great. But what are you moving on to? We have Mm. to rebuild that relationship with Jesus, rebuild that relationship with God because we've broken the trust with him. He's not Mm. broken trust with us. We've broken trust with him. So we have to draw near to him. And I, I, I'm reminded of the passage where Jesus is talking about how, you know, you cast out a demon and it's, it's gone. But if you don't, that house is not filled, you know, by the Holy Spirit, yeah. demon comes back sevenfold with more right. in there. And yep. so the only way for us to have freedom is to work our relationship with God, draw close to him, build that up and strengthen that so we can continue to resist the enemy in, yeah. a, um, in truth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So he goes on to say now, uh, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And 
as I read this, I really feel like there's two actions here. Cleanse your hands. To me, it speaks of change your works, that the things you're physically mm. doing. And then at the yeah. same time, purifying your hearts, you don't mind. He's speaking to that. You change your mindset. Yeah. Change the way you see the world. Operate in a in a mindset of purity. And then you're going to see things take place. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. That, 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 that's huge. It's more than just... Um, it, you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. It, it's both things. Like you have to, um, uh, there has to be some kind of change. Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of what the word repent means. <laughs> um, you know, we're supposed to be transformed by what? By the renewing of our mind. Like right. our, our mindset shifts um, the, and the things that we do shift and change. And so like first John, you know, goes first John and James are always like, uh, together in my brain that <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. they're so similar in so many ways. There's so much like godly practical wisdom and whatever. Um, but, uh, it, it talks a lot in chapter three there about, um, uh, you know, having going on practicing sinning or practicing righteousness, like mm-hmm. whoever is, is born of God does not go on practicing sin. Like our lifestyle changes. Doesn't right. mean we're never going to fall short again or mess up or whatever, but, right. um, throughout our life, we are, we no longer practice that. That's not my lifestyle. Um, I still depend on the help and need of the Holy spirit every day. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm doing my part in cleansing my hands, in in submitting myself to God, resisting the devil. I know he'll flee and all that, but like, what steps am I taking to do that? To right. like Jesus would say, you know, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Like, what right. are the drastic steps and measures that I'm taking to mm. uh, avoid even putting myself in those positions in the first place? Yeah. Um. So, what steps am I taking to cleanse my hands, to change the actions, and then to purify my heart my mind it's mm. again that's drawing near to him that's dwelling on him that's spending time in his presence that's like psalm 1 meditating on his word day and night um yeah it's th- those are the practical sides that's why i love james it's so practical <laughs> exactly <laughs> <It's> so practical <laughs> exactly <laughs> so then he goes on to say this and this is an interesting uh, uh phraseology be wretched mm. and mourn and weep let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom and this is interesting because we normally like there's a, there's whole songs where we talk about how he turned our mourning into dancing and all these things. Yeah, right. It almost seems counter what we know from the Bible, from the Bible. Mm-hmm. From my reading this, from my understanding that he's not talking about how now that you have done this, you need to be a sad, depressing person all the time. Right. He's approaching the person who goes, "Hey, you have found joy in these sinful things that yes. are taking you away from God. Right. Those things now, as you walk this process, you draw near to them, they should grieve you." They should not give you joy. They should be gloom. There should be mourning because you realize these things that you partook in under the guise of personal self-gratification are filthy rags in the eyes of your of your Lord. Mm. And that's wow. what that is. It's not just a matter of changing your action. It's changing your mindset on how you viewed your worldview before you came back into relationship with Christ. Mm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that's good. Um I've said it this way a lot, like the 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 way that the convicting work of the Holy Spirit kind of happens in my life is that when I sin, it breaks my heart yeah. because I'm breaking the heart of God. Um, and and yeah, I think that's the picture is, is like you're saying, like the things that we used to enjoy and laugh about, like like he used a strong language there, like your laughter 
be yeah. turned to mourning. Your joy you used to find joy in those things. I can't think of where it is in scripture, but uh, where he's talking about like the things that you used to do. Now you're ashamed of that. Like yeah. what, what profit did you get from those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that's uh, so true. Like whenever we, whenever we come to Christ, we look at the, the old man, the person that we were when we were in, in slavery to our sin and whatever, like, of those things now, yeah, I'm ashamed. It must have been Romans. It just naturally going. <laughs> it's somewhere in Romans. It's buried in there. There's a lot of stuff in Romans. Um, but yeah, like that's the mind, the mindset shift. And I love that you said it's, it's not that like, okay, from now on, I have to be just sad and, and miserable and, you know, in sackcloth and ashes for the rest right. of my life until I'm in, uh, you know, heaven one day. No, that's not what it's saying. But like those things that you've done, like, they should break your heart. They should make you mourn and weep, yeah. like weep over your sin. Right. Um, it's more than just, you know, okay, well, I'll just say something. It, it reminds me of like my own kids. I have four kids. Some of them are, are they're mostly still very small. They're five, six, seven, and 11. And right. uh, I, I won't name any names or give any specific ages, but at least one <laughs> of them, I'll say this, one of the boys um, that narrows it down to two, uh, <laughs> is, is very, like, it's very obvious that um, whenever he says, I'm sorry, he's sorry that he got caught. Ah. <laughs> and there's the big difference. I can tell real quickly uh, what what's happening there that I'm sorry I got caught instead of I'm sorry I did something wrong. Right. Um, but that's the picture. It's not just, uh, you know, I'm mourning over my sin. I'm so sorry, God. Okay, now I'm going to go on and just continue doing what I do. No, right. submit yourself to God. Exactly, exactly. And, and I want to point this out. Like, it's not that every time we go, we think about that, that it's just instant, like, you know, we're depressed and sad. Uh, right. There's a lot of people that have this mindset of, of like, either we're always happy or we should always be, you know, oh, lowest me type of mindset. God is not a hyper spiritual and he's not low lo- under spiritual. He is centered. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, when we, you know, if we're dwelling on those things, it's going to depress our heart. But then we should mm-hmm. go, man, I am so thankful I'm saved. I'm yeah. so thankful that I repented and my God was so good to restore me and yeah. make me whole. We're not calling for people to be just sad and depressed all the time. Nor should we call mm-hmm. them to just you know ignore things. There is a balance right. to our spiritual walk that links to our a balanced emotional life too. Amen. Um, all right. So last verse for today: Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. James kind of caps this off with: If you do these things, this is what it looks like to humble yourself. He's going to exalt you, right? He's going to yeah. He's going to restore you. He's going to make you whole again. Amen. <laughs> so grateful for it. He gives more grace. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's well, what you were just saying is, is the perfect segue into that. It, it's not that you're going to be all down and depressed or whatever, every time you sin or, or fall short or something. No, like there is that balance because as we humble ourselves, mm. um, you know, we can humble ourselves, or we're going to be humbled. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we humble ourselves, he, he doesn't just say, yeah, good. You horrible sinner, stay down there and feel <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. He exalts us. Yeah. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing. That's grace. That's yeah. love. Um, so grateful for the mercy and grace of God. Absolutely. So good. Well, guys, here in a second, I'm going to ask Dustin to give us his big takeaway and, and what his final thoughts are on these first 10 verses. But I want to encourage you guys that if this has encouraged you, it's challenged you, reach out to us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com. Let us know. And if you have questions about these first 10 verses, or maybe you need a prayer request, maybe you're like, hey, I need prayer walking through this. Let us know. We want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We want to help you take your next step into walking what God has for you. So Dustin, man, your big takeaway, what, what are you walking out of the of these passages with today? 
Yeah. Uh, my big takeaway is uh, I'll say it in a word, then I'll say it in more words. The one <laughs> word is humility. Yeah. Um, humility is, is kind of my big takeaway, but, um, just to, to expand on that a little bit is, um, kind of all these things that we've talked about it is recognizing who we are, that we are in need of a savior and that mm. that savior loves us and, and is, is working in our life and doesn't want to push us down, wants to lift us up, wants to use us, is jealous over us. Um, that should alone make us feel more humble. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, seeing others as God sees them, like, like that whole first part is so big to me about, mm. um, the way that we treat others, which is also so much of what James has just talked about. And <laughs> instead of, um, treating others, uh, you know, so, so wrong and speaking evil over them and to them and all this kind of stuff that he just talked about in the tongue, instead humble yourself, humble myself. Um, and, and, uh, know that as I do that, the Lord is and will exalt me. Absolutely. So good. Uh, my takeaway is kind of, man, just examining this, uh, kind of what we talked about, this kind of, uh, I, I have listed as kind of like five steps here of, of walking this out, you know, and I'm asking people, you know, have you submitted yourself to the Lord? Have I submitted mm -hmm. myself to the Lord? Uh, am I actively resisting the enemy from a position of submission to the Lord? Mm -hmm. And am I working on my relationship with them? Am I working to, to grow, draw near to them or not? And am I, have I actively tried to get rid of the evil works and work on the mental aspect of it, the, the, the spiritual, the purity that's there? And then am I developing a mindset that the things that please God, I, I rejoice in, and the things that displease God, I am sickened by. And mm -hmm. so that's my big takeaway is those five steps. You know, where am I at with that? And where are you guys? Where are you guys at with that step, uh, with that process? And how can we encourage you guys with that? Uh, Dustin, thanks so much, man, for hanging out with us this week. Uh, how can Absolutely. people get hold of you? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, I, I stream our Bible studies and prayer time and, and a little bit of gaming also over on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Pastor Deuston. You can find me there if you want to come hang out and interact live while we do different Bible studies. Also, um, all the studies that we do, we post over on YouTube. So that would be the easiest place to find it in case I'm not live is go to youtube.com slash pastor deuce. And you can find all the previous stuff that we've done. I hope and pray that it'll be an encouragement to you and I'd love to get to know you more. Awesome. So good. And Hey, if you want to encourage you guys, if you like this podcast, if it's encouraged you, make sure you share it out. Uh, but don't just share it out blindly. Really pray about, you know, who does, who needs to hear this word and share that with them. And then do me a favor, go to iTunes or Apple podcasts, whatever it's called now and leave a review because uh, it kind of helps people to know what this podcast is all about. So until next time, have a great week.